Hey, Will, like I normally do, I just want to take a moment to tell our listeners to make sure they hit us up on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you might see us. Make sure you're sending us something. Also, you can email us directly at AppalachiaMeetsWorld at gmail.com. If you get a moment, shoot us a line, give us some feedback. Yeah, and wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to Appalachia Meets World. It just helps our podcast, but it also helps you know when we're releasing a new episode. And I think that's a great, great uh, environment to be in to, to, to see what issues our community has been facing over time or even during this significant shift of automotive industry and see how we can use the research and education to help our community. Appalachia Meets World, a podcast about place and perspective, but always Appalachia. And don't forget, Will, tonight's episode is powered by SOAR. Shaping our Appalachian region. If you're an entrepreneur out there, especially in eastern Kentucky, check them out. Appalachia Meets World, we're back. It's Will. And Neil, what's up, my man? Still rocking the new year. Yeah, 2023. We're uh, still going. Have you written down one, whatever the date is, 23 yet? I have. It was uh, it was weird. First time I was like, oh, 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 oh. I turned that two into a three real quick. <laughs> it's not hard to do. Yeah. What else is up? You know, I was hoping you would have some newsworthy stories for me from Appalachia. It's uh, kind of quiet in my neck of the woods. Yeah, I have a little app news, but first I wanted to talk about a little national news. It's more entertainment than it is news, but I know we like to talk about movies and TV shows on here, and I know we like to talk about award shows. I know you in particular like to talk about award shows. Let me ask you this. So the Golden Globes were this week. Did you watch? Uh, That's a big no. Of course not. Of course not. Have you ever watched an award show beginning to end? Uh, no, absolutely not. From beginning to end, absolutely not. How about I just go through some of the, I'll go through the best motion picture in a drama, best motion picture in comedy or musical and see if you've seen any of the movies. Well, let's just start with have I even heard of them, but okay. uh, we, we can, we can we forget can. about watching. Yeah, yeah. Have I heard of them? You know, the Golden Globes kind of kick off the award season. Um, it, it sets people up for the Oscars, blah, blah, blah. But the Golden Globes were this week. I wanted to ask you the best motion picture in a drama. Have you ever heard of, I know you've heard of this one, Avatar, The Way of the Water. Yeah, I've heard of it. Have you seen it? Nope. Did you see the first one? Nope. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've never seen Avatar? Nope. You're Why? the one Not person. Real. It's not huh? real, Will. It's not real. <laughs> There's a lot of things that aren't real. I don't like them. <laughs> okay. Well, this one, next one is real. A fellow Appalachian. You have to have seen this one, or maybe at least heard of it. Elvis. Oh, yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've heard him. Have you heard of the movie? Yeah, I have. I can't, I can't lie. I've, I've heard of that movie, but I have That's- not watched it. And, I haven't uh, either. I'd like to see it. I would too. I mean, I, I I think see, you know, you're talking about something real now. I would like to see that. The Fablemans. The what? <laughs> exactly. The Fablemans. The uh, no. I mean, bunch of storytellers. No. Uh, it's, it's actually written and directed by Steven Spielberg. I think it's a, kind of a play on his life story. Actually. Oh wow! If I could spend one minute in Steven Spielberg's mind, I would be lost. <laughs> I mean, golly. I haven't seen it. I haven't even heard much about it until the awards came out. But uh, the next one is Tar. Nope. I thought that was a guy you went to high school. Tarv. <laughs> guy you went to school with. <laughs> Wasn't that his name? Uh, yeah, I did go to a tar, uh, high school with a Tarv, but it's Tar. T A R. That's, that's, yeah, I know what that is. We use that down here on, on our blacktop. <laughs> He's tar. That Kate Blanchett's in it. She's the star in it. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty good. It charts the downfall of fictional composer and conduct and conductor Lydia Tar. So it's oh, biographical. 
Yeah, I'm not going to watch that one. Hope it didn't win. I know you've seen this one. Top Gun Maverick made the list. I have, and it better win is all I know. I mean, if it doesn't, I don't know who the winner is. Don't tell me yet. But I'm just going to tell you from that list you gave me, if Elvis or Top Gun doesn't win, I'm out. I'll never, ever watch any of the rest of them. Let me tell you who won. Yeah, let's hear it. Well, considering you've never watched them anyway, you can go on never watching them again because the Fablemans, Steven Spielberg. It's such a homer vote. (laughs) The only reason it won is because of Steven Spielberg. You cannot tell me that the majority of the people in this country or this world, whatever, enjoyed the Fablemans more than Top Gun. I haven't seen either one, but I'd probably agree with you there. You know the ones that everyone really loves never gets uh never wins yeah it's silly that's a steven spielberg uh award the next category best motion picture comedy or musical Mm, i'll be all over these (laughs) (laughs) babylon yeah yeah heard of it never seen it yeah i haven't seen it either Um, but it was up for best motion picture the banshees of inna the Banshees. Isn't that what we used to play in the backyard? <laughs> Possibility. But it is up. It has Colin Farrell. It's about two uh, friends that went separate paths and they try to, I don't know, win their friendship back on, a, on an island. I don't know. I haven't, haven't seen it. Haven't heard much about it, to be honest with you. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Have you heard of it? I, I live it, but I haven't heard of it. <laughs> Another one. Triangle of Sadness. That's depressing. No, that's, that's <laughs> killing my positive vibes. Yeah, I know, right? All yeah. of these. The last one on the list, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. That's mm-hmm. kind of Knives Out. I don't know if you saw the original Knives Out, but that's part two. No, not heard of that. It's got a lot of people in it. I'm actually surprised that it made the list, but the winner is, do you want me to tell you? Well, I'm pretty sure uh, I haven't heard of that, any of them, so yeah. yeah. The Banshees of Insurance. Yes! Yeah. The Banshees. My favorite name. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I will say Steven Spielberg did win as best director for the Fablemans. Of course. And he our, did. our fellow Appalachian from the Elvis movie, Austin Butler, which I'm not sure if he's Appalachian or not, but the movie itself, Elvis, Austin Butler won for best actor in a drama. Okay. He, he's sure? actually pretty awesome in Elvis. I haven't seen it, but I've seen the clips. Where can you watch these shows, Will? Are these like... Uh, I think you can stream some of them at this point. Okay. Well, hopefully, because uh, without streaming, I mean, I, there's pretty much no chance I'll see any of those. But I am going to... Like, I'm, I'm literally taking notes right now. What did you say that Elvis movie was called again? <laughs> Elvis? I'm on an island over here. That, that's all I'm really, really go through because I know if I go through any more, you're not even going to get them. But I will say that uh, I know you've watched this. Uh, Kevin Costner won for Yellowstone Best Actor. Uh, yeah, I've seen a. I'm not. I'm not a Yellowstone diehard like most people. Um, I've only seen a couple episodes to be honest. But uh, you know, of course, you hear about it. So I do think I would like it if I got into it. So that's it. That's our recap, small little recap of the Golden Globes. I, I did, like I said before, had a little app news for you. All right, cool. I always appreciate Appalachian news way, way more than I do Golden Globe Awards. I wanted to start with that there's a lot of uh, buzz right now. The, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which came out a while ago, it has actually allocated $7 billion to the Department of Energy to create six to 10 regional clean hydrogen hubs around the U.S. And there's several uh, Appalachian states vying to become a hub. I think the applications are due in April um, which is a pre- pretty big deal for a lot of these states. I know several states are in are in multiple uh, applications trying to become like the central part of this energy hub 
systems. So keep our eye on that. And when they talk about these hydrogen hubs, we also want to think about like what type of hydrogen are we talking about when we talk about clean energy. Are we talking about green hydrogen, blue hydrogen, brown hydrogen? It, you know, <laughs> green going. hydrogen is zero emissions. If you go below that, there are some emissions. So it's not as clean as some people think. Kentucky, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, they all have these potential applications. I know the ARCH2 is kind of focused in West Virginia, has Pennsylvania, Kentucky, several other. DNA H2 hub is focused in Pennsylvania, but they have a lot of Appalachian states within it. Hope Kentucky wins. I'm glad to say that. (laughs) Sure. Another piece of Appalachian news, we spoke about this last year spoken about it recently, but the ARC, because it's coming out soon, I'll mention it again. The Appalachian STEM Academy and the Appalachian Entrepreneurial Academy for middle school, high school students, and actually the STEM Academy is also for high school teachers. But the STEM Academy, it's July 8th through 14th in Oak Ridge, Tennessee at the National Laboratory, which is actually the largest Department of Energy Research Facility in the U.S., right in our backyard in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. So they they put up middle school, high school students and teachers uh, for a week to teach them STEM curriculum, STEM skills, um, and partner with some of the scientists there at Oak Ridge. So the, the deadline for applications is February 10th for that one. So it's coming right up. And the Appalachian Entrepreneurial Academy takes 26 high school students, 10th through 12th grade uh, at App State in Boone, North Carolina. It's for two weeks, July 8th through 21st. And its application deadline is February 10th. Glad you mentioned that. We'll have to uh, look into that. I do have one kid in that area. So yeah, cool. Excellent programs. Awesome thing for high school and middle school students in Appalachia. The last thing I I did want to mention, the ARC did just elect their federal co-chair for 2023, the governor from the state of Kentucky, Andy Bashir. Always good to have uh, our state governor as part of a national group. Yeah, the Kentucky governor. You know, I did talk about the hydrogen hubs, Instead of using fossil fuels, which some of, uh, you know, the blue hydrogen and, and, and other hydrogen does, if you're talking about green hydrogen, they get that through renewable energies, whether it be wind, solar. And I wanted to mention that because the person we have on our show today who was talk, talking about electrifying Appalachia. I've uh, been looking forward to this guest today for a while, Will, because of the incredible opportunity that they're offering to Appalachians, really unique deal that they've got going on. And I'm looking forward to, to, to learning more about it. You want to tell our listeners real quick what you're talking about before we get Dr. Chen on? So the program, yeah, that I'm that I'm most interested in is that they're allowing Appalachians uh, throughout all kinds of different cities across Appalachia to actually demo an electric vehicle for up to two weeks. So, you know, when you go to the car dealership, you're looking for a new car and you can drive it down the road for like five minutes. You really don't learn much about it. You learn, uh, you see how fast it can accelerate. And then that's about it. You come back and you got to do your research on your own. But what they've done, what Dr. Chen is doing is, uh, is letting individuals that sign up to participate, take electric vehicles for up to two weeks so that you can learn everything there is to know. And I don't know everything. So I do want to bring him on and we will discuss that. I'm sure in further detail here in just a few moments, but what a fabulous opportunity for Appalachians. Yeah, it's a really cool initiative. You want to just get him on? Absolutely. Let's do it. the show today we have a very special guest it is dr pinjin chen he's currently an associate professor with 
within the mechanical engineering department at Tennessee Tech University and the founding director of the Automotive Powertrain and Emissions Control Laboratory there. He received his undergraduate degree from a university in China in automotive engineering. He received his master's degree in mechanical engineering from West Virginia University and his PhD in mechanical engineering from the Ohio State University. He's the author or co-author of a multitude of publications, of journal articles, of conference papers, and he actually and he has one patent to his name. His research activities and interests are, and among other things, optimization of hybrid and electrical vehicle systems. So, Dr. Chen, we want to thank you a great deal for being on the show. We know you're busy, but thank you for taking the time with us. I will. Uh, hi, Neil. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to join this uh, show and, uh, and share some thought about electric vehicle and my experience. One question that we ask all our guests, as Appalachians are big on tradition, big on history, so is our family. One of the traditions we have, we have appetizers at the holidays. We usually have this big spread of appetizers before the meal. So we wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite appetizer or just holiday dish? Well, I, I my favorite uh, holiday dish is turkey. I ate a lot of turkey and get a lot of pounds uh, during the holiday <laughs> season and start changing down afterwards. You can't go wrong with turkey and it's the new year, right? You, you can work yeah. off those pounds in the new year. Turkey's Absolutely. got that tryptophan though, Doc. You got to be careful. It puts you out to sleep afterwards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We really, uh, one of the main reasons, which I didn't mention in your introduction, of why we wanted to have you on the show was because of the Rural Reimagined program. And it's really to building an EV ecosystem within Appalachia. We want to get into that. But before we do that, can you just let our listeners know a little bit about your background, what led you to Tennessee Tech and into automotive research? Yes, yeah, thank you, Will. Thank you for the great uh, introduction. And I actually have been involved in automotive industry and education for 15 years. And since I graduated from 10, 2008, and I pursued my advanced degrees at two different universities, has strong background in uh, alternative fuels and addressing this emission control in automotive sectors. And my goal is always trying to improve the efficiencies of these our mobility system and help our community reduce the cost when using particular type of vehicle. And then meanwhile, uh, mitigating these uh, emission issues, including the NOx emissions. Now, nowadays, we talk more about these greenhouse gas emission issues. So the goals remain the same over the course of my career and education, but the tools we use to address these issues has changed, has been evolving over time from 10, 15 years ago, we're talking about hybrid electric vehicle, you know, about, you know, after treatment system to reduce the emission coming out from the engines to today, we're talking about using a completely different type of powertrain, using the batteries, electric motors, and then to move people and goods from one place to another without even having the tailpipe on the vehicle. I think that is a significant Swift. That is my, my, my overall uh, research goal. And talking about leading me to Tennessee Tech University, I work for Cummings, a great engine companies in 2015, 2016, before I joined Tennessee Tech University. And, and, and Tennessee, Tennessee is one of the Appalachian states. Beautiful. I mean, I want to say, in the, if you look at the landscape, the beautiful natural resources and it's, uh, what it has provided to this nation in terms of energy, the tourism, the, the, the based economy. I mean, I cannot say more about Appalachia. I love this state and, and Tennessee Tech is one of the technological state in Tennessee. And we are very much engine, uh, STEM focused uh, university. And, um, and I, I this year, great fit for me to, to be here uh, as a university in a rural setting, I did observe a lot of issues related to our rural communities in Appalachian region. And I think that's great, great uh, environment to be in, to, to, to see what issues our community has been facing over time 
or even during this significant shift of automotive industry and then see how we can use the research and education to help our community. And I think that's what I have been focusing on at Tennessee Tech University. I, I love to hear hearing that, especially someone that's not from the region, to hear them talk about the beauty, to hear them talk about the assets of the region rather than issues or the problems that are in the region. You know, we, we, we always try to stay positive on this show, but just to hear you, someone from, you know, not obviously not from the region, but just to talk about the natural beauty and the assets in the region, how much you love the place. That's, that's great to hear. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to dive right into, I mentioned Rural Reimagine. You are the principal investigator for Rural Reimagine, and it's really to drive a sustainable EV ecosystem in central Appalachia. I know there's a partnership between five states, but can you let our listeners know just what is Rural Reimagine and why it's important to this part of the country? Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, you know, the Rural Reimagining Initiative is pretty broad and people work in different directions, areas under the broad Rural Reimagining Initiative in, in Appalachian region. For our particular Rural Reimagining Initiative, we most focus on the, the, the transportation and the, the economy related to uh, the transportation electrification. You know, it all started about one year and a, and a half ago. Department of Energy issued uh, fundings to investigate the community EV project. And at that time, we already started uh, a pilot project called uh, Up Cumberland Electric Vehicle Testbed Project. It's a, it, it's a proof of concept testbed we built in a rural middle Tennessee called Up Cumberland region. And it's the, this, this area is really just a scale down of the entire rural Appalachian region. Smaller, smaller region, 14 counties, most of the people living here in, in the rural settings. And we build electrical vehicle charging station network, introduce a fleet of electrical vehicle. We set up a test drive program to our community so that they can access the vehicle for free at two weeks to use the vehicle to understand, you know, the how to use electrical vehicle, how much it will cost to use electrical vehicle and, and, and things like that. And then the I would say the rural reimagining initiative will not be successful without the prior study of this uh, upper Cumberland EV test bed. The success of the Upcumberland EV testbed project, also supported by U.S. Department of Energy, essentially lead us to scale up the successful stories we have created in the smaller Upcumberland region. We learn how to build EV infrastructures in the rural regions when we know how to educate our rural community many times they do not have enough experience and they have a lot of misperceptions about electric vehicles. So we know how to communicate with them, engage with, with them and share the fact about electric vehicle. And many of them actually are able to you know, update their perception and start leaning towards of using electric vehicle as their next vehicle. So this has been uh, well received from the first project, eventually lead to the second project. This is a rural imagine project, and we we start writing the this big proposal. This is a million proposal. We we put in five states together, including Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, Ohio, and Virginia, and all these uh, Appalachia part of the state. And we just have the same goal. And our goal is to use electric vehicle to help rural community reduce the transportation cost. And I'm not sure if you know that when you're using the electric vehicle, the cost of transportation is down significantly. Just give you a number. I own an electric vehicle. It's a Mark E 2021 model year. It can operate 240 miles, but it only costs about $7. So if you put into the miles per gallon perspective, Electrical vehicle, many of them has miles per gallon number over 100. Then if you look at 
what we have experienced in the gas price last year, the spikes and, and the significant burden of our rural community. I think that's our primary goal of promoting electric vehicle in rural community is to help them adopt affordable electric vehicle. And then when they're using electric vehicle to drive here and there, many times they drive many more miles than the urban counterpart. And they're able to save a lot of money along the way. That's number one goal. And then secondly is we like to, we know there as industry shift, is shifted towards electric vehicle. There are so many things we need to do. Building infrastructure, you know, electrical vehicle may be broken, need to, need to call certified electrician that can, technician that can serve electrical vehicle, repair electrical vehicle. There's so many things we need to do in this space. And there are a lot of jobs that are opening up. And we, what I, another layer of our goal is to make sure our community aware of this job opportunity and is able to get necessary training and a workforce development to fill in these jobs. So that's a quick quick uh, uh, overview of this rural reimagining initiative. Yeah, that, that's a really a broad array of, of everything from uh, educating to building infrastructure to building the workforce even of this EV ecosystem. But I know with Rural Reimagine right now, you can go online and if you're in a qualified county, you can sign up to test drive an EV vehicle for two weeks. And really, that's getting at the heart of goal number one, really educating the community on driving electric vehicles and, and how efficient they are, how easily accessible they are, and just to uh, counter any of those misperceptions that people may have. So can you tell people just how they can find out about Rural Reimagine, where they can go to find it, how, if they are in a qualified county, where they can go to sign up and how that works? Yes, yes. Thank you for, for bringing this up. Uh, this, in a Rural Reimagine project, you know, our goal is to educate our community and so that they can make informed decision in purchasing either conventional car or electric vehicle. Electric vehicle is relatively new to the rural community. As a result, they don't get enough exposure of electric vehicle. Many, they may have seen a lot of Tesla vehicles but Tesla vehicles are very expensive. And these lead to perceptions. Many people perceive electric vehicle a luxury vehicle, which is not the case. And there are many other players in the automotive industry that produce electric vehicle. Other than Tesla, there's a Ford producing the Mark E, like compact SUV of this um, F-150 Lightning pickup truck. And then Leaf, Nissan has been selling a Leaf for over one decade and the vehicle can be as, uh, as affordable as $20,000 for a brand new vehicle and which is much, much more affordable than Tesla vehicle. So we are actually trying to create a test drive program, right? When we are building the infrastructure, when we put in a fleet of electric vehicle together, our goal is to create a test drive opportunity for our rural community in these five states so that they can sign up. There is a, a rural imaging project website. It's public facing. Everyone in this uh, rural Appalachia region can sign up and then, you know, sending some of the screening material like driver license and then some basic auto uh, insurance uh, document so that we know you, are, you have a pretty uh, reasonable driving record and you are in the right territory and then we are going to you know, send a vehicle to you so that you can drive the vehicle for two weeks and no cost to you except the electricity, right? Why two weeks? You think about electric vehicle test drive experience. I would say my personal experience is 15, 20 minutes test drive, which you normally do in a dealers. It's not enough, why? Right, you, you, in the 15 minutes, you only see how fast it can accelerate in the <laughs> interior part, exterior part, but you don't see the battery drop from 80% to 15%. That's when you start figuring out where I need to charge an electric vehicle, how to find the charging station if I'm away from home, right? How fast it will take to charge an electric vehicle if I'm staying at home, where I can charge my electric vehicle and how much my electricity bill will increase. All of those things 
could be figured out if you participate in these two weeks test drive program. As a result, you will have a, get a clear advantage about electrical vehicle in terms of saving the cost of transportation. You know, you will engage with our project partner to understand how much the vehicle will cost, probably much less than you, you thought. And what is tax incentive you can claim as electrical vehicle qualify for up to 7,500 tax incentive. And that's been there for many years, right? And so there are so many opportunity you can be exposed to under, understand completely about electrical vehicle. Then you can make a good decision. If I'm going to purchase my vehicle, another vehicle for, for, for your personal use or for your business in the next years or in the next two years, I know what what is the pros and cons about electric vehicle, right? That that's a great way to think about it. Of just in those two weeks, letting someone learn for themselves rather than someone else telling you. I know Neil has tried to sign up. Yeah, I was just gonna say I I, ha- I have signed up and I'm hopeful to to be a part of that. It helped answer some questions for us Appalachians that you know may think about okay. When I get home, how do I how do I plug it up? How big of a hassle is it to to plug up? Do I plug it up every day? Do I plug it in every night? Is it like my golf cart that I can leave it on charge forever and I won't damage a battery? You know, can I go take my kids and do my chores and do my grocery shopping and go to work and do everything else and have plenty of battery life left? I think two weeks is a great adequate time to be able to answer some of those questions that all of us are curious about. It's one thing to wonder about it, but it's another thing to actually get the opportunity to put it into action without it really costing us anything up front. So I think what you're doing is a great idea and a great way to help the Appalachian community really embrace the changes that are coming, uh, not only in Appalachia, but throughout the country, uh, throughout the world even. So um, kudos to you for your great work. Anything I can do to help uh, answer some of those questions in Appalachia is what I'm trying to do. So I'm looking forward to you sending me that truck. Yeah, yeah, we uh in terms of let me briefly talk about the timeline. We are we when we pre- prepare this test drive program, we normally also have the insurance in place so that you 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 have a peace of mind when you are getting to this uh test drive program. So so we are currently in a in a process actually next week, sometime next week we will receive our first F-150 Lightning pickup truck. We already have a three uh electric EUV uh, from Chevrolet, and we are in the process of getting other type of vehicle, including the uh, the Mark E, uh, which is electric vehicles, and and also the electric uh, SUV like Volkswagen ID4. And our earlier the, the big separation between our phase one project and the phase two project is the electric vehicle industry has been more mature since three years ago, and then there are more diverse uh, vehicles we can, we can purchase and demonstrate. And in, in the rural area, we are particularly looking to two types of vehicles. Number one is SUV, number two is the truck. And we know these two are the most popular vehicles in the, used by rural community, and we, we, we are going to assemble a fleet of SUV and then pickup trucks so that uh, our community know, you know what are the alternative to their existing vehicles without need to change the vehicle style, the body style. So that's one thing. So we are in the process of getting a vehicle. We are hoping to get every document, insurance, and all the logistic of checking checking out the vehicle in place in the next two, three months. And definitely like the, the, the program to be up and running in the March uh, time frame. So that's that's the the expected uh, time. You you may be maybe contacted if you already signed up for the test drive uh, program. And but in terms of help, we like to receive and we need a lot of publicity. And I think that's great. I, I appreciate the opportunity to join in today's uh, the podcast and to to talk about this project because. In general, rural community is less aware of the electrical vehicle and the 
probably the most energetic vehicle they, uh, they are exposed to is the Tesla. So we need to help them understand there are more type of in, other type of electric vehicle, more affordable electric vehicle exist in the market. And then make sure they are aware of this test drive program, our rural reimagining project, and how they as, as they have opportunity to access the, the electric vehicle. But and there are other kind of the opportunity they need to be aware of about you know the charging station. They in the future they may see the charging station built in their community. And one thing a concern many many people when they have concern about electric vehicle is the range anxiety. If, if there's no public charging station in their community, how can they charge the vehicle quickly if they, they need, uh, need to charge up the vehicle and, and go on the road trip and continue their road trip without interruption, right? So, so there are other than the Rural Imagining Project initiative, there are, there are many other initiative, initiative from, from your state, your state department of transportation should have been working on what they called part of the Navy program. It's to building very fast electric vehicle charging station on the main corridor every 50 miles. In other words, if you're concerning about using electric vehicle for a road trip and you're worrying about electric vehicle may, may be out of juice, you shouldn't be that concerned as in the next two, three years, they will build a charging station every 50 miles on the highway. And then you're likely going to need to only need to spend 20 to 30 minutes to charge an electric vehicle or how do you go to the next step? So there are a lot of things ongoing. Electric vehicle is unique in the sense of it's a vehicle, but it needs a lot of infrastructure support. And then we are working on the infrastructure support as well. That's incredible. I, I was lucky enough a couple of weeks ago to tour the Volkswagen facility in Chattanooga, the EV facility in Chattanooga. It's an amazing facility there in that part of Appalachia. Not only does it bring a multitude of jobs to that region, but the R&D, the research that they are doing within that facility is just amazing. I know they distribute the, the ID4 in, in that factory, and it's an incredible car. And just touring that facility and see what they do just and the multitude of opportunities for that area is incredible. Uh, to that point, I wanted to ask you about research. You know, you, you mentioned battery life, you mentioned charge and how quickly things will charge. I know one of the thoughts that people have is if I get an EV car, it's going to take me 30, 45 minutes to charge at the nearest charging station. Do you think that will be re reduced in the future to a faster charging time? Yeah, it, technology is still evolving and, and we have... We have seen significant progresses in the last 10 years, and, and we're going to see more. And currently, I think a lot of electric vehicles, they have different charging capabilities. You know, the fast charging capability, it can be varying from 50 kilowatt, relatively slower one, to 350 kilowatt. And some of the vehicle has that electrical system set up the voltage, high voltage battery system set up to receive very high charging power. So like 350 kilowatt, if, if you, any of the EVs are able to receive 350 kilowatt charging power, your charging time will be like 15 minutes around that time, significantly reduced. And if you are, your vehicle is not equipped with that high voltage, battery system uh, or, or the charging station didn't provide that much power. And you're likely going to see about 30 to 40 minutes uh, charging time. And, and as an EV users, uh, normally you like to do something during that time, either rest yourself, grab a cup of coffee and, and, and take some break, stretch your legs and before you go on a road trip. So it's, it's, it requires some planning, but as you get used to that, it's not a big concern for my personal experience. You just need to plan out and then just give us a little more patience. But of course, as the technology goes, this time will be reduced. I think the target for Department of Energy is to get below 15 minutes charging time. And that is going to come in the near future. That's the equivalent of a bathroom break at, at a gas station, right? <laughs> Pretty much. 
And so uh, just so our listeners, that's rural-reimagine.com, correct? Yeah. I think that's where Neil is signed up the test drive program. Yes. I'd like to ask a question that we always ask to our, to our uh, guest that we have on just to kind of get a, um, an idea of what you think about. It's not, not related to actually what you do, but just the, the sense of uh, feel that you have for, for this region. So we always ask, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when someone says the word Appalachia? Beauty. I would say beauty. I, I think this, this region is attracting millions. I, I know million is a very underrated, num, underestimated number. There are so many people come and live in this region and they don't want to leave this region. Easy come, hard to leave, uh, per se. So I, I, I would say um, this is, a, this is a, will continue, this region will continue its very strong tourism economy. But at the same time, if you also pay attention to state like Tennessee, Kentucky, you see the vehicle manufacturing plant come to our state. So, so this region is not, as mostly known for its a beautiful landscape, but it, it's not one dimensional. This is a much multiple dimensional economy in this region. I think I see there's a lot of energy output and to, from this region to the state. And this likely going to transition to renewable energy as well. And actually, last week when I was traveling through uh, Georgia areas, and then I see a huge solar farms around the highway. And are you going to see more of this solar farm? Those renewable energy will, will, will be adopted in this region. And this is part of the bigger picture of how can we create a clean energy economy and jobs, right? And uh, automotive is just a part of the piece, very big part of the piece, you know, transitioning from the conventional vehicle technology to the electric vehicle technology. And as a result, you, you, like Will, you just mentioned, there's a Chattanooga has an electric vehicle plant. You know, it's outputting a lot of electric vehicle for domestic consumer, but at the same time, creating a lot of jobs for, for that particular region. If, we, if you have electric vehicle manufacturing plant, they must be have a lot of suppliers in the surrounding area. And that also creating a lot of jobs indirectly, right? So I feel good about this region. And this region is, uh, is, is, has its a very unique advantage. And it's also bringing a lot of you know, manufacturing opportunities to, to transition to the clean energy job. We, are, we just get it started. We still have a long way to go, but I'm, I'm very optimistic about this region, you know, really based on all the stakeholders we have been involved, the government, the manufacturers, all these uh, RPOs, you know, the planning organization, economic development organization, they have been all involved around electric vehicle. For example, many of the regions like to receive electric vehicle charging station in their community. Why? Because they like to attract wealthy EV travelers to come to their town, get their town exposed, and they, they are able to see local business, business to grow because whenever they are visitors coming to your town, they got to spend in a restaurant, in, for the hotel, for the gift shop. There are so many things can be, revenue can be generated around electric vehicle, you know, application, manufacturing. That, that's a really great point, that attraction piece. And, you know, this economy, Central Appalachia has long been thought of as a one-dimensional extractive energy economy. And I love seeing this transition into the more greener energy, not forgetting about our past, but transitioning into a new energy economy. And I, and I see it every day throughout, throughout the region, but also to your point of, we're not just an energy economy. It's a very diverse, uh, multi-dimensional economy throughout the region. And to Neil's point of place, you know, we value place and perspective on this podcast, really what grounds this podcast. Um, place is really important to Appalachia. And to that point, we also ask all our guests, and we wanted to ask you, just uh, Dr. Chen, where do you call home? What makes it home for you? What makes it unique? Well, so so far, this is my home. As Appalachia, this, this, this Appalachia, we, we are the university is located in the upper Canberra region. I call this home. 
and I have passion. When you call some place a home, you have a passion. You you have no you have, you have no passion to love this community, and because of that passion, you have the willingness to help them to identify the issues in the community is facing, and then try to help the community solve the address those issues. I would say, for me, I think I have to call it a home. I'd like to contribute to that, to this region, right? And I think a lot of my research over years and in the future as well, is motivated by how can we help our central Appalachia rural community, lower income community, improve the quality of the life using the technologies, using the initiative like rural reimagined so that we, we work with technology, we bridge the technology to the people living in this region and help them transition to in a higher quality lives. That's, that's my, my career, nearly career plan. That's great. I, uh, Neil and I all the time, you know, we, we have the po- this podcast to promote Appalachia, to promote initiatives like yours, the incredible initiative, the Roar Reimagine initiative. I mean, we wanted to get let as many people know about it as possible. But one of the things we try to do, Neil and I talk about all the time, is gas up Appalachia. Maybe we can have a new term. We, we, we can call it electrify Appalachia. <laughs> so instead of gassing up or promoting Appalachia, we'll electrify Appalachia, especially on this episode. Absolutely. And let's uh, electrify Appalachia is in the right words. Our project is a logo. And the logo, the logo actually has a key words behind that uh, contained is that is uh, electrify Appalachia. So, so it's, it's, it's critical part. And, uh, but just keep in mind, as much as I would like to promote electric vehicle, I also like to be clear about the emission perspective. Electric vehicle so far will not give you zero emissions as of today, just because how we see the power is generated. And that's why I think if you integrate electric vehicle into perhaps in the future, the renewable power generation, at that point, we can really comfortably say electric vehicle is a zero emission transportation too, because it's using renewable energy like solar, like wind, like uh, hydro. But at this point, I think our goal is really to help our community save money by using electric vehicle. That's great. To that nope. point, Dr. Chen, I, I can't think of a, a better way for us to help promote you in Appalachia than taking a guy who owns an F-150 that's not electric, let, let me drive an F-150 that is electric in rural Appalachia and really get the word out based on my experience. So I'm hopeful that, that we can do that. And I know that I can help promote uh, your project uh, throughout all of Kentucky anyway, and those counties that your everyday coal miner, so to speak, or your, your everyday uh, true Appalachian, um, the, the things that I do on a daily basis for me to know that I'm not gonna have any any type of differences and, and I'll be saving money, hopefully, uh, and I'll be able to understand that more on your level. Absolutely. Thank you, Neil, for, for the willingness to support. And we definitely have more to share as the project uh, goes on. And when the vehicles hit the community, in the community's hands, I think you will see a lot of positive uh, comments about electric vehicle. Thank Absolutely. you so much for your time, Dr. Chen. We really appreciate what you're doing and, uh, and look forward to big things coming out of your research. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for having me. Will, man, Dr. Chen, bringing all the goods. Rollreimagined.com, man. All of our listeners got to go check it out. Don't forget the dash, up. right? Rural yeah, dash. Rural dash reimagine.com. They got to go sign up for to do the same program that I've signed up for, man. What a unique opportunity. And, you know, go to the website, figure out if you're in one of those qualifying counties. Hopefully they'll reach out soon, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a really awesome initiative. I think Dr. Chen's doing some amazing work in the region, obviously through his 
many years of research, many years of study, but this initiative, this is not something that he necessarily had to do in regards to his research, but it's it's really cool to, to better educate the region on uh, electric vehicles, but to give them the opportunity to really find out what they don't know about them. Yeah, before we had him on, I didn't realize all of Dr. Chen's uh, experience over the last, you know, who knows how many years now, but somewhat of a leader in the automobile industry. So it's great that he is leading this initiative. And um, I can't imagine all the things that he knows about vehicles that I have no clue about. So it was great to great to have him on. I really appreciate his time. Yeah, it was, it was really cool to hear him talk about where he calls home, to hear him talk about the Appalachian region, how much he appreciates it, how much he loves it. Obviously, he's not from the region, but he currently calls it home. And I think that's really cool and, and a testament to what the mountains bring and what the mountains give you once you're here. Some magic in the mountains, Will, like we always say. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I, I had a little at biz for you real quick before we end this. Awesome. What you got? Because we just talked about the mountains, because we're talking about the natural beauty, I wanted to bring up one business. It's in Greenville, South Carolina. It's called the Landmark Project. It's the landmarkproject.com if you want to check it out. But they started as a little print shop, uh, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, maybe. And they kind of have transformed. They focus on national parks. If you ever wanted a T-shirt or, or a print in regards to national parks, um, I think it's really cool. All the parks throughout Appalachia, but all the parks throughout the U.S. They actually take some local artists and sell some of their artwork and give back 10 to 20 percent, I think, towards uh, national park conservation, which I think is a really cool aspect to their business. But you can check it out if you have a love for a, a national park. Check out the website. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad you mentioned that, Will. Again, thanks and credit to Dr. Chen for his initiative and all the work he's doing. But I guess, Neil, I guess we can end it like we usually do. Till next time. Peace. I'm up in the mountains again. I'm getting lighter. The air's getting thin. Now I'm facing down with a grin. I've been in the city too long Sidewalks and buildings and singing sad songs Now I'm back up where I belong I'm in the mountains again